Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to be back on board once again today to talk about a 3-0 football team. Yes, uh, what a pleasure indeed. I can't believe it. I mean, I can believe it because I picked the Vikings to win. But it's just, at the same time, you just can't believe it. It's so freaking awesome that this team continues to pick up where they left off from the previous week. It, it, kind of. You know, they start off the same way. It's kind of like they're they're on a roll right now where they start off the same way and they finish the same way. Uh, things started very scary in Tennessee. You're down 10 nothing in the at halftime. Like, what the hell? Against Tennessee... And then Green Bay looked like Aaron Rodgers is going to just throw all over us. And then today it looked even worse. I mean, it was 10 nothing, like pretty early. And then things changed from there and Carolina never scores again. I mean, I, I, I can't believe it. It's unbel- it's just absolutely crazy. looked like Cam Newton was going to roll right through us. The tackling was poor. Uh, you had players wide open down the field. Newton showing off the arm that he does have. And then <laughs> at the end of the day, the way things were going, did you think Cam Newton was going to have zero touchdowns on the day? That's right, zero touchdowns on the day. I mean, that's uh, pretty awesome stuff. Uh, absolutely spectacular. Just This defense is uh, like you've never seen before. I mean, it's uh, absolutely awesome. Sometimes the tackling seems bad, but then again, it's like... Whatever, if they're going to play like this, I mean, okay, we can we can we can live with a few missed tackles here and there. I'll bite frustrating missed tackles at times. You just you don't understand sometimes. But at the same, okay, I'm sounding terrible, but in the same thought, <laughs> the blocking was good on occasion for the Carolina Panthers, but we sure, as, at the end of the day, made their defensive line or offensive line look terrible, and ours look off the charts. Just. Sickeningly, sickeningly good, to be quite honest. You had an offense in the first half that couldn't do anything, so you relied on the defense and the special teams to pick you up, which sounds familiar to other weeks. At least, it's just, the timing is a little different each week, but at the same time, it's similar at the end of the day, where the second half of the offense seems to pick up and things improve. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing to see. Uh, you open things off 10 nothing again with Carolina. Made it, they made it look very easy, and I was scared to death that this thing was just going to fall apart. And then you saw, uh, you saw Cam Newton go down with a uh, go go down with an ankle injury. His his ankle kind of wrapped up a bit as he was getting brought down by Everson Griffin. He gets back up and he's limping around. So they bring in Derek Anderson to complete a quick little three yard pass. Cam Newton comes back in, and it seemed after that things weren't quite the same. Even though he was mobile for the most part, not as mobile as he would maybe like. Uh, the Vikings defense definitely started to get to Cam Newton after that. Uh, the, we pinned the, the special teams. Jeff Locke had a very strong day today, if, you, if you'd like to believe that. We pinned the Carolina Panthers way deep in their own territory, of course. Next thing you know, Cam Newton's looking to pass from the end zone. And I'm like, could we possibly get a safety here? That could change things. That might change the momentum of this game. And yes, who's the guy that stuck that stuck the dagger in at the beginning? Like not 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 the final dagger, but you know what I mean. He drew the first blood. That was Daniil Hunter. Once again, Daniil Hunter, one of the game changers for this team. There's always, every week, it seems like the opposing team, be it the Packers, the Titans, or the Carolina Panthers, seems to be kicking our butts. And then all of a sudden, something happens. Like one play seems to seems to change things dramatically. It's create a spiral effect for the other team, a domino effect, if you will. 
And Carolina never scored another point again. It's just, I can't believe things went the way they did. I mean, you saw a team score 46 points against, yes, the 49ers last week. But still, 46 points is 46 points. And this is a home game for a team that had won 14 consecutive games at home, went 15-1 and last year, went to the Super Bowl, and, well, the Denver Broncos kind of showed a lot of other teams how to beat Cam Newton. Um, and, yes, it's common sense at the end of the day. You get to the quarterback, eventually he's going to start struggling, he's going to start making mistakes. But Cam Newton's the kind of guy, he doesn't seem to respond well to it uh, compared to other quarterbacks out there. Like Favre was pretty good about it until he made that horrible interception again. I keep going back to that one game. But other quarterbacks, they get hit a lot and they respond. They, they, they come back and they're fine, like Sam Bradford last week against Green Bay. But Cam Newton, I, I don't know, for a big physical guy, it seems to really get to him. The Denver Broncos got to him in the Super Bowl. They got to him in the season opener. And then it's like the thought process coming into this game is that Cam Newton is a bit sloppy a bit, at times. And yes, he had three interceptions in the day. The first one, come on, that's not a real interception. It was just a Hail Mary at the end of the half. So I'm not really considering that three interceptions. Good on the Viking defender in that one to getting the interceptions, that being Trey Waynes in that case, getting his second interception of the year. Not quite as game-changing as last week's. <laughs> but hey, it just shut down a possible Hail Mary. I mean, it, it definitely beats the alternative in a huge way um, <laughs> versus like a Hail Mary touchdown a la, you know, a la... Uh, I don't even want to say his name anywhere. Aaron Rodgers, and we'll be talking about him in the second segment. Oh, freaking goody. But, um, hey, I mean, and, and really the third interception was similar that way. But still, turnovers at the end of the day, the fumbles, the uh, the uh, in- incomplete passes, the near interceptions. Cam Newton, not the same guy after he was getting pressured in a huge way. You saw eight sacks again on Cam Newton in the game, which is just the sickest number you ever saw. It just kept happening and happening and happening in the third and fourth quarters. And the Panthers were just shell-shocked. They couldn't believe what was going on. Again, you start with the safety. And then not long after that, Marcus Sherrill's returns a punt when things were still looking very dire for the Vikings. Luckily, we were able to keep Carolina contained, and that was the good news. It's like, okay, they're getting scary completions and stuff, but they're still punting and they're still having to kick field goals. And their buddy down there in uh, Carolina, Gano, he he made his first kick from 48. It looked pretty, I mean, it didn't look like that great of a kick. And then the second one, it was just a little bit too far and it hit the uprights from 54 yards. Again, that continued the Vikings in their positive direction after that. Uh, should I even talk about Blair Walsh? I'll get to, yeah. Now nah, we'll talk about him after the touchdown. <laughs> yeah, not long after that, though, you saw Marcus Sherrill's return a punt for a touchdown. He's fair catch Sherrill's. He's he's all or nothing. He's basically going to get the fair catch. And if he gets loose, he, he either goes down in like three yards or he doesn't go down at, at all. He goes all the way for the for the touchdown. And in this case, that's what fair, uh, that's what fair catch Sherrill's was today. Went all the way for the touchdown. And we are very, very blessed here in, in Viking land, in Purple Mania, whatever you want to call it, the Purple Mafia, yes, uh, to have the special teams returners that we do have in Marcus Sherrills and, of course, Cordero Patterson, who was solid today. Didn't have a break, didn't break loose, but was solid along the way like he always is. More ability to get free in the kickoff than the punt, but occasionally you get that home run in the punt, and it's, it's exciting, and Sherrills was able to do that today to get things moving in a very positive direction. Turning a... Uh, <clears throat> Turning a ten to ten to two game into a ten to eight game, then you get Blair Walsh up there. You think you know? You think the Vikings are going to go for two 
And the odds are we're probably going to complete it. Well, then again, maybe not with the way the offense is going at that point. I guess uh, Mike Zimmer wanted to give Blair Wall some kind of a confidence builder for whatever reason. And he goes out and misses the 31 uh, <laughs> extra point attempt. Yeah, he, he missed another one. Um, I, I don't know. I mean... I, I don't know. I mean, where's where's Mike Tice when you need him on that one? That was what Mike Tice was good at, getting rid of kickers, right? That's about it. About get about right, getting rid of kickers or so. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad he was, was able to do that at the time. Uh, Doug Bryan then went on to have a decent career with the New York Jets, which is kind of funny, but it is what it is there. Blair Walsh, a lot of people in this town are agreeing with me. Bring in Robbie Gold. I mean, bring him in. Just see, see what the deal is. At least bring him in, look at him. Give him a little bit of a tryout, per se. See what, he's, see what he's like. I don't know. I mean, do you really want this guy in a close game on the road, windy windy conditions in a big playoff game? If we have to go on the road the way we're going, we might have home field advantage all the way. But, you know, you know, uh, yeah, the uh, uh, odds are still probably against that happening. But then again, who am I to say? But, hey, the Super Bowl, <laughs> the Super Bowl too, well, actually, that would be indoors. So maybe he's okay, What whatever. But at the same time, there are going to be games with wind and such outside, and you, you you got to make them. And he missed one again in Carolina. It's just frustrating to no end. I, I mean, I, how you how you're not frustrated? I have no idea. This, of course, Bank of America Stadium, the other bank there, and it was hot and humid conditions. You saw players go down with uh, with um, with uh, cramping issues, a la uh, a la LeBron James in San Antonio. You saw <laughs> Eric Kendricks go down with that. You saw. Others go down as well along the way. Uh, Terrence Newman was kind of a debated figure. You saw penalties for the Vikings early, and then later on the penalties all went against Carolina. And almost you almost get the vibe like they're going to be whining behind the scenes about how the refs cost them the game. I don't think so. I think Carolina cost themselves the game by being sloppy. There were dumb penalties by the Vikings at one point. Uh, Sandejo, the Vikings had a stop, and Sandejo pushes the tight end, the talented tight end of uh, Carolina. And next thing you know, Carolina continues to move, but luckily the defense did what they do best, and that's shut people down. So, whatever there, I suppose. <sighs> you know, I almost forgot about Derek Anderson. That is just that's kind of funny that he's <laughs> that he was in there. I almost forgot about that guy. I remember a lot of people wanted the Vikings to get him instead of Tavares Jackson. I can't imagine why that would be, or instead of Brad Johnson. Again, can't imagine why that would be. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but defensive effort all around was fantastic for the most part. Uh, the running game for Carolina was decent. They just didn't run very much because they were playing from behind for the majority of the game after the Vikings kind of slowly took over, or at least for the in the second half. Cam Newton pretty much had to pass, pass, pass. But again, the running game solid and a bit frustrating at times. Tackles that just weren't there and they would continue to get them. Ted Ginn, or Jin Ginn, no, Ted Ginn Jr., obviously a dangerous uh, kick returner and frustrating also as well. Because he can, he can break loose. He's, he's a slot receiver who can break loose and get things done. He had a 31-yard long in the game. But again, no touchdown completions for uh, Cam Newton. When he did run in the touchdown early on, it was frustrating to watch. Um, it's, it's okay that he dances a bit afterward, but it seemed like he just kept it going and going and going. And it, it gets old to watch, so it's nice to see a guy like that kind of shut his mouth late in the game. And uh, be be a, be a part of the take take the blunt of the the blunt of the damage when the Vikings defense came at him over and over and over and over again like tsunami after tsunami. It was a very outstanding situation there. Nice uh, continuing chemistry 
with Kyle Rudolph and of course Sam Bradford as things that's the 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 first half luckily the Vikings uh the Vikings deferred after winning the toss at the beginning of the game so the second half the Vikings get the ball back and it was just a completely different offense a confident Sam Bradford a a competent for the most part offensive line after just getting Sam Bradford nearly killed in the first half could hardly move at all it's crazy to think he only was sacked twice but he was hurried quite a bit early on kind of strange uh as uh TJ Clemmings, of course, replacing Matt Khalil, who's out for the season with a hip injury. We'll talk about that more in the fan interaction as I wrote that down. But TJ Clemmings, at the same time, we should talk about that now. Did an outstanding job. Also, Adam Boone out as well. Very, very sad there. Out as well with a knee, uh, knee injury. Not sure exactly the extent of it. He was walking around looking like he wanted to get back in the game. But uh, Cheryl's out there doing a good job at uh, the offensive line, re- replacing him. At the left guard position, very helpful there. Thank you very much for that. Good job by both TJ Clemmings and Cyril's, Cyril's, if I ever say it correctly. And there you go, number 78, doing a good job out there. And TJ Clemmings, it was nothing short of awful last season. Looking a hell of a lot better now. Maybe he's the last, maybe he's the left tackle of the future. I mean, they were hoping maybe he could help out in that sense. At least bring in a competition for Matt Khalil. Well, maybe he, he is going to do that if he has games like today against a defense like Carolina who looked awfully good in that first half, and that's what the announcers, of course, were talking about, how awesome that Carolina defense was, but the Vikings offense looked a lot better in that second half. Adam Thielen had the play of the year for himself with a one-handed catch, pushing the Vikings into that red zone. It was a spectacular catch, but he spiked the ball, and you can't do that, so the Vikings get a five-yard penalty, and luckily Blair Walsh was able to make that field goal. Thank you very much. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, just a beautiful pass from... uh, Bradford earlier, though, on that opening drive in the second half, just sailing it into him, and a few completions to Rudolph earlier before that, along the way, seven catches for 70 yards, and of course, that touchdown, 10 targets along the way, Rudolph missing catchable passes here and there, like like always, I mean, it, it happens, but he brings in more than he misses, and when he does catch them, they're big plays very often, at least for a first down. Sam Bradford, very solid in that second half in that case. He didn't see Stefan Diggs break loose. Um, in this one, unfortunately, he was targeted seven times. Four catches, 40 yards for Stefan Diggs, but there was a nice one later in the game, 16 yards along the way, which is a big play and very helpful, keeping the Vikings' drive going and keeping the clock ticking, more importantly, inbounds, staying inbounds and keeping that clock ticking as the clock is your friend, not your enemy, in the second half when you're when, when the Vikings led basically from the get-go after that first drive, that extremely impressive drive. Charles Johnson was targeted twice in the game. One of them could have been a big play. It looked like a great play, and he couldn't hang on to the football. Charles Johnson, again, I mean, what what more can I say? Let's see some Laquan Treadwell coaches. I mean, you're doing every just about everything else right out there. So, Laquan Treadwell, hello. Laquan Treadwell, please. I'd like to see him get some, some time. A couple snaps. It's not going to kill anybody. Even if you want Charles Johnson out there, you can put you can replace uh, him a bit with Laquan Treadwell. It's time for Laquan Treadwell to see the field. Uh, how many out there agree with that? Raise your hand. Let's see. Just about everybody. For those of you that aren't raising your hand, I don't know. Maybe you need to raise your hand because uh, I think Laquan Treadwell should at least get a look here. Three games and no snaps for first-round pick Laquan Treadwell. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> uh, uh, 
another keynote along the way, of course, Sharif Floyd out for four, for about four or five weeks as well. Um, Mike Zimmer saying basically that's pretty much been the story with him along the way with injury after injury. He's frustrated with, uh, Mike Zimmer, that is, is frustrated with Sharif Floyd at this point, and I don't blame him. So, but but when you saw that Tom Johnson's the next guy on the depth chart, I'm like, you're not really losing much there because Tom Johnson always Johnny on the spot, and he was and he, and he did it again today. He did it again today with the with the sack, and he also had a fumble recovery. He ended up losing the ball. Luckily, Harrison Smith got it back. Tom Johnson not used to running the ball himself. I'm I'm pretty sure that's the one thing those defensive linemen don't always hang on to the ball. But luckily, again, Harrison Smith was able to recover it as he slid out of bounds with the football, kind of just about icing the game with the fumble along the way for the Carolina Panthers. Very exciting moment for us along the way here. They're just a sloppy football team is Carolina, and that's why the Vikings... That's why I felt confident in the Vikings coming into this one. And of course, the uh, they're able, the ability to pressure <laughs> to pressure Cam Newton along the way just was a spectacular situation. I mean, we've talked about that already. You just, you just keep going on and on with this. Um, Sendejo was tested often. That's why he led the team in total tackles. Or actually, Munnerlin did. He struggled in the game. He was the other player that went down with uh, cramps along the way. But again, no injuries, luckily, in that sense. But Boone, Adam Boone out. That's that's a shame. Uh, we'll see what happens. We don't know the extent of his injury at this stage. We'll probably find out in the next couple of days. Oh, my. I can't believe what I'm seeing. The Giants lost. I thought for sure they were going to beat the Washington Redskins. What the hell? The Giants lost the game. That's next week's opponent. Next week's opponent. That will wrap up the second segment coming up later. Hmm, New England, my God. Oh, 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 oh this is going to be easy. Cool, because then you got, uh, <laughs> you got Green Bay and Detroit playing each other. That's, yep, that's that's easy. One game less to talk about there. Chicago and Dallas coming up. Yeah, <laughs> Sunday night football. We'll get to that one when we get to it. Uh, don't know, you know why I brought that up. I apologize. But, uh, yeah, I mean, tale of two halves once again. Tale of two halves. It's a it's a trend that I'll, I'll take. I mean, if it takes us all the way to the Super Bowl and a, and a championship, so be it. Where the other team, whoever they are, if it's New England, if it's Denver, if it's Pittsburgh, whoever it is, and I think it might be. I think it's going to be New England or Pittsburgh. To be quite honest, Denver is a third is the is the, the third choice, just like last year. Watch, so it might be Denver again. But no, it's going to be New England or Pittsburgh most likely uh, from the AFC, in my humble opinion. And um, the Vikings right now, I mean. I don't know. I I guess we're the best team in the NFC right now, three weeks in. I mean, that's early, so don't get too excited. Don't get your tickets yet to the Super Bowl, but uh, yeah, the possibility is is hanging around. Arizona lost to Buffalo. What the hell? Hmm. Okay, I'm already jumping into segment number two, so I apologize for that. But um, it's a very exciting time for us. Uh, let's list off the guys that had sacks today. It's just one after the other. Of course, Everson Griffin had three, though. He added that eighth one late, but he had the first two earlier on. Just huge moments, huge points of the game. Really game changers. Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson with big plays. And, of course, the sack by Daniil Hunter, the safety. That got things started. He's the guy that drew the first blood. Daniil Hunter is the straw that stirs the pot for this Vikings defense. I am telling you, this guy is going to be one of the best defensive ends. I called him a defensive tackle, I apologize, uh, a couple of weeks back. Defensive ends in the NFL in, in in a very short time. We are so blessed, I'm telling you. you got Everson Griffin, Brian, 
Brian Robinson and Daniel Hunter. All of them can make big plays, game in, game out, week in, week out. Awesome. Um, Everson Griffin, three sacks on the game. Total Trey Waynes with the interception at the end of the half, and he made some plays along the way. Linval Joseph had a sack. Seven total tackles. What a stud he is. Eric Hendricks, again, leading the team in total tackles overall. 12 along the way, stuffing those those, uh, those uh, running backs and getting to Cam Newton along the way as well, but mostly getting the running backs, but of course stopping Cam Newton after he gained a yard or two. Anthony Barr, there was a play in the game where he had Cam Newton, but he was trying to tackle him up, which was a mistake. Cam Newton was able to fall forward for the first down. Anthony Barr, just kind of a, just a just a mental mistake there, and that's too bad. He did have a very dominant sack later in the game and looked much more visible today than he did in previous weeks. Tom Johnson, I don't know why they're not crediting him with the sack again. What the hell? He had it. Hmm. I'm confused with that one. But I know he had a sack. I'm telling you, he had it. Maybe they gave it to, uh, maybe they gave it to uh, Griffin because I think Griffin was the other player uh, in on uh, Mr. Cam Newton in that play. Xavier Rhodes was beat on occasion, but mostly there were uh, he was beat on occasion, and he also, luckily, in some cases, the players, they were incomplete passes. One of them, Cam Newton, slightly overthrowing Benjamin along the way, and one of them was Ginn, but mostly Benjamin with Xavier Rhodes. He started in the game, but was kind of in and out as uh, Trey Waynes replaced him off and on. Kind of a hitch in his giddy-up, as they like to say. A little bit slow out of the gate for Xavier Rhodes, of course, with that knee popping on him a couple of weeks back. But nice to see him out there once again. Made some nice stops, but was beat, luckily. Though nothing huge that, that could have hurt us. Shamar Stefan looked all right as well. Anthony Harris was visible later in the game. Just to kind of <laughs> let let certain defensive players rest. as That's what Mike Zimmer does. He rotates players. And in a game like this, when you're having cramped up defenders... That could cost you the game. If a guy gets cramped up at the wrong place, wrong time, you might have an 80-yard touchdown. So uh, Mike Zimmer, just phenomenal. Shutting these bastards out. Un- unbelievable in that second half. I-, I can't say enough. Running game, very, it was what it was. I mean, it was what it was. Again, Blair Walsh missing an extra point along the way. But uh, when you look at the running game for the Vikings, Derek McKinnon, definitely the better of the two. Matt Asiata. Had a, had a strong 8-yard run along the way, but ultimately only 15 yards. Jarek McKinnon, 45 yards. Only 2.8 a carry, as there was that old cloud of dust type of thing. But Jarek McKinnon, I think, is the better long-term running back for the future for the Vikings. Matt Asiata is what he is. He's a he's a third-down, short-yardage power back. That's his role. Jarek McKinnon has the ability to start, particularly in situations like this. But I think long-term as well, Jarek McKinnon could be the starting running back for the Vikings. And he looked the part today despite the fact not being spectacular, but he was better than any other starting running back for the Vikings this year so far. So let's just put that in our pipe and smoke it, I suppose. I mean, 45 yards on the ground for the worst running offense in the NFL, whoever's 1.9 a carry up until this game. Oh, Adrian, that, that was it's just such a shame to think how the, the leading rusher in football could start out the season the way he did, and then, and then, and then immediately as the meniscus tear that leads to him uh, being out for the season because of the, uh, because he opted for surgery, the old, uh, the old handle, cup handle uh, tear, that's what they call it, and that's it. It led to him most likely being out for the season. He's opting for surgery so he could possibly come back and play again. Other than that, because other than having it removed, having that part of the meniscus removed, and next thing you know, he's the next Brandon Roy, bone on bone. You don't really want that. That's a basketball player, by the way, 
who, yeah, we won't get into that. Uh, but you don't want bone on bone. You don't want femur on shin. You just don't want that. It's pretty much career ending later on. It'll be, you might be able to fight through it for a short time, but you get the idea. Apparently, certain some players on the team not happy about Adrian's decision there. But you know what? If you don't, do you really blame a guy for not wanting to have like a bad knee the rest of his life? I mean, I don't know. I can't get mad at him. And you have Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata, so I'm not mad. The Vikings also bring in Ronnie Hillman. We'll get into that in the second, uh, the third segment. I apologize. I tend to bounce around because I'm talking about the running game. So, again, a very positive effort by a team who continue, who's continuing a trend right now, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. So, hey, that's, that's what it is what it is there. Fran Tarkington and Christian Ponder Memorial. Fran Tarkington Award. Who do I give it to? Do I give it to Everson Griffin? Do I give it to... I, I'm, uh, I don't think I'm going to be giving it to Kyle Rudolph. Um, Bradford, again, very solid. I'll read off his line really quick. Despite starting out the things 4-11 and 11 in that first half, almost invisible because, well, there was not much protection and guys weren't open and just the momentum was not on the Viking side. Still finishes with 93 complete uh, quarterback rating, 171 yards, 64% completion percentage, and, of course, the touchdown, a beautiful sailor to Kyle Rudolph. Uh, there was one part where he almost had an interception, but luckily the ball hit the ground. The, the defender in Carolina could not hang on to the ball. So thank God for that. Sam Bradford did not get his first interception of the year. It wouldn't have been a pick six or anything because the player was already tackled. So there you go. Um, so let's pass out the awards. I'm going to give the Fran Tarkington Award to the defensive line as a whole. I, I have to. It's all of them. You guys are all getting it. And, of course, you could give it to other defenders, but I think the defensive line overall is going to get the award, despite the fact that Harrison Smith had a sack as well. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely spectacular. But, yeah, it's mostly the defensive line, so we got to give it to all of them. And, of course, Anthony Barr was the other non-defensive lineman that, that, got the, uh, that recorded a sack today. Yeah, um, it's all of them. Limbaugh Joseph, Brian Robinson. <clears throat> Everson Griffin, of course, uh, and Daniel Hunter. Just thank you very much. Great, great job. Well done. Well done, Tom Johnson. Shamar's down, you know, but, it, but it's mostly the guys that were involved with the sack. So, again, great job to them. The Christian Palmer Memorial. Should I give it to Blair Walsh for the missed field goal? Yeah, I mean, or the missed extra point. I got to give it to Blair Walsh, I guess. He missed an extra point, and he's not building anybody's confidence in this town right now by missing extra points. You got to cut that out. That could, that could cost us the game, stuff like that. Very stupid, very lame, and again, a strange play call by Mike Zimmer on there, but I guess we'll have to let it pass because, he, he, I mean, what other coach do you want right now other than maybe Bill Belichick coaching this team? I mean, maybe Bill Belichick. That's about it. So we'll leave things as is. We'll be back for segment number two right after this. Now, another installment of George Stories. Well, we're back on the boat again, so it might as well still be semi-summertime, right? Because it's <laughs> it's still early in the football season, at least, so we might as well keep it like that. Um, in this one, we, uh, we were on the boat again, of course, and my dad wanted to test the cigarette lighter, see, how it, uh, see if it's working or not. But his method of testing it was in question. So he sticks his thumb out, right? Sticks his thumb out and he says, let's see if it's work. And next thing you hear is, oh!
we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, the NFC North Roundup, and a little NFL pitter-patter here and there. You get the idea. And then we will preview the New York Giants Monday, Monday night football game. That's kind of that old-style voice there. So, um, yep, Vikings in sole possession of first place. That's the good news. So you got D, uh, Green Bay and Detroit duking it out, just to make it a little bit, little bit easier for me. And then you got Sunday night football in the background. Chicago Bears trailing... 16 to nothing against the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, goody. Uh, we'll talk about that one in a minute here. Let's get to this uh, Green Bay-Detroit game. Green Bay wins. Green Bay wins 34-21 to in Lambeau Field. 34-27. Uh, to I don't know why I said 21. Detroit trying to make things interesting late. Green Bay off to a huge start in the first half. Doggone it. Aaron Rodgers with four touchdown passes in the first half. That would all. That would be all he would need. Along the way, Mason Crosby adding a field goal very late in the game. Well, not very late. Late in the third quarter, pardon me. Um, And Detroit just kind of hanging on, trying to make a comeback. Too little, too late. Both quarterbacks played well today. Uh, Matthew Stafford's uh, yards were very high. His field goal, or his (laughs) completion percentage were real high. It's like I'm stuck in basketball, field goal percentage. But Aaron Rodgers' efficiency at all heck, despite the fact uh, his Accuracy still not that great, 62.5. We, we've seen worse, but you get the idea. He wasn't sacked as many times, only twice this week. Again, four touchdowns, quarterback rating 129.3. Just the quarterback rating is so high because there's no interception. And four touchdowns, you're going to get a super high quarterback rating. It's just going to bring it up a bit more. Um, Matthew Stafford with an interception along the way. That's kind of what helped hurt the Detroit Lions, I suppose. It just denied <laughs> denied them any opportunity. Detroit actually had more first downs, more total yards, high, way higher time of possession, but Green Bay just taking advantage of things early on, and then Detroit just kind of trying to play comeback the whole way. Unfortunately, Green Bay is 2-1, and one, and they're still right there behind the Vikings. One full game, though, behind. That's the good news. The Vikings holding the lead in the NFC North. Isn't it cool to be in first place, sole possession of first place, three weeks into the season, just like that? And I know it's early and all that, but it's good to have the advantage and not have to play comeback where we had to sneak in and steal it away from the Packers near the end of the season. Though, then again, that was fun as well. This Viking team really, man, I mean, how can you not be excited right now with how things are heading with the Minnesota Vikings and uh, just let these teams duke it out. Nice to see Detroit's, uh, excuse me, Green Bay's defense. They're really not that good, are they? And Sam Bradford beat them up a bit. And then Stafford did as well today in Lambeau Field. Not a bad performance for Detroit. It's just too little too late. It's one of those things. They had a chance to win the game, though. Matthew Stafford completing a touchdown pass to his new favorite wide receiver for 35 yards, making it a seven-point game with a whole 340 left. But unfortunately for the Lions, they just could not get it done after that. Marvin Jones, though, 205 yards in the game, including a 73-yard Completion, absolutely outstanding. Mm, that was a, a big play for the Lions. Getting That was their first big play of the game, actually, trying to get things rolling, and yet a touchdown completion to Anquan Bolden, one of my favorite receivers of all time. Oh, I love Bolden. I really do. Only 22 yards on the day, but he did get a touchdown. That's good, indeed. Um, Green Bay, Jordy Nelson, starting to <laughs> really starting to pick things up a bit, kind of coming off of that ACL again, like I keep talking about, but starting to loosen up a bit, starting to break free a little more. Seven touchdowns, six receptions out of seven targets, 101 yards, two touchdowns along the way, had a 49-yarder uh, as well. Cobb uh, making good on one, one, one catch for 33 yards. Good for him, but that's about it. Devontae Adams as well with one touchdown in the game. 
kind of a quiet. Uh, it's kind of quiet. Kind of they just kind of spread the ball around. Other than to Jordy Nelson, um, Aaron Rodgers' favorite receiver back in business. The rest of the guys is pretty much spread around. Richard, Richard Rodgers. Yeah, whoever that is, right? Richard Rodgers also adding a touchdown in the game in that first half. The, uh, Eddie Lacy, 103 yards on the ground, an opportunity to run the ball, and he took advantage of it in the amount of time allotted to him, helped burning the clock for the Green Bay Packers, where last week they couldn't use him as much because they're playing from behind, which is rare for the Packers, right? 6.1 yards a carry, like I mentioned, the 103. 6.1 a carry. That guy is dangerous, man, Eddie Lacy. If the Green Bay Packers are ahead, you're going to have a hard time catching up because of that. I mean, that guy's a pain in the ass to bring down, and Detroit learned that the hard way today. Entertaining black and blue division football, even though it wasn't the highest defense. It was more like white-collar football, if you want to call it that. High-passing, exciting offenses kind of going at it, and okay defense here and there. But there you go. There you go, guys. Green Bay, sole possession of second place, because Detroit dropping to one and two, and Chicago... Knocking on that doorstep of, <laughs> they are knocking on the doorstep of 0-3 to start out the season. They're trailing 17 nothing. I apologize, because the extra point hadn't been completed yet. Now they're trying to kick their first field goal, uh, Connor Barth, to replace it. Maybe the future Vikings kicker, uh, Robbie Gold. <laughs> Live radio here. 29-yard field goal attempt. And, of course, they ice it. You know, it's a 20, oh, a flag. Ah, stupid mother suckers. Well, we're trying to do the NFC North preview or review here. Doesn't look good for Chicago. You know how I have to record on Sunday nights most of the time. So if it's a Monday night game, it kind of is what it is. Or Sunday night game, pardon me, or a Monday night game, depending on things. Where next week, the Vikings will be on Monday night. So I'm going to bounce around the league a bit here. John Fox looking kind of like, hmm, Dave Garrett kind of (laughs) smiling on. Hmm, Jason Garrett. I don't know why I called him Dave Garrett. That's a former classmate. That popped out. Dave Garrett. Jason Garrett. Sorry. Uh, the surprise of the day. Philadelphia, 34-3. Wow. Over, uh, 34-3 over Pittsburgh. Yes, Pittsburgh. You know, that team. So, I guess the Vikings are the best team in football, other than the other team. Let's talk about them. Vikings must be the second best team in football right now, behind the New England Patriots, who beat the 2-0 Texans 27 to nothing. 27 nothing. Eh, you know. Houston Texans, what? Gillette Stadium. They they shaved those Houston Texans <laughs> down, boy. They shaved them. Um, Brissett, third string quarterback, and he's good. It's like, whatever. Put in, put in, <laughs> I don't even want to go there. I was going to say, put in Caitlyn Jenner at quarterback. He might be okay. LeGarrette Blunt, 101, 105 yards. Two touchdowns along the way. What a strong game for LeGarrette Blunt. Blunt, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, very, very uh, athletic quarterback, eight, 48 yards on the ground, rushing for 27 at one point, a touchdown along the way, three t- uh, running touchdowns overall for the New England Patriots, and Brissett was just game managerish, not most exciting uh, completions and all that, no touchdown passes, Brock Osweiler below average, below average, kind of like Aaron Rodgers last week, under 60% in completions, had one interception, quarterback rating of only 60.6. Wow. And I'm reviewing this one a little bit more than I'd like to, but wow. Uh, New England, that's kind of who we're looking at now. If the Vikings, the Vikings are the, I mean, if there's a power ranking, I got to think the Vikings are second in all of football right now. I mean, who's number two other than the Minnesota Vikings? It ain't Arizona. They lost again. Remember how good Arizona was? They lost again, man. I mean, Los Angeles Rams, what the hell? My God, they're two and one. 
they they beat Seattle last week. They beat they beat up on Tampa Bay a bit. They they gave up points, but thirty seven thirty two. Holy cow! Seattle spanking on San Francisco. San Francisco second week in a row getting beat up a bit. Seattle really needed that win. Kind of funny, you know. This is weird. This is this is football for you right here. San Francisco shuts out the L.A. Rams, twenty eight to zero. Right in the season opener, it was like a Thursday or Monday, whatever the hell it was. I'm blanking. I think it was Sunday Sunday night football in the in week one, and then. Seattle gets beat by the Rams 9-3 to last week. And then they beat San Francisco 37-18. Go figure. I mean, I guess it's just San Francisco having good luck in week one of the, of the season. And then they just take a dump on themselves the rest of the way. Hmm. New York Jets not looking good. Kansas City Chiefs 24-3 over them. Indianapolis Colts, well, they finally won a game. It's about time. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much longer that's going to last for them. Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders. Good job getting a win. 17-10. to Good for them. Baltimore over Jacksonville. Barely. Barely. 19-17 to in Jacksonville. But still, that's... Come on. You barely beat the Jaguars. What's going on here? Buffalo crushing Arizona. What the flip Saunders is that all about? I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, I love Bruce Arians. He's a great coach. What, what, what the hell? You, you, got, you, got, you just got your ass handed to you by Rex Ryan. Oh, hmm. Oh, okay. Um, well, the Ravens are 3-0. and I didn't even realize that. They're 3-0. and And the Broncos, that's the other one who might be considered number two. I don't think so. I think the Vikings are actually a little better. Miami beat Cleveland 30-24. to Good for them. They got their first win of the year. Raiders are 2-1. and That's good. So, there you go there. Gotta like how things are going with that. Um, so that's pretty much it for the moment. You got some Monday night games coming up. We'll leave that as is. New Orleans and Atlanta as well coming up So uh, tonight. So we'll kind of leave that alone. Chicago's on the board. Congratulations. They did make that field goal after all that screwing around. So there it is. Let's talk about the New York Giants, shall we? They're another team that's uh, a little dangerous right now. They, uh, well, they lost today, like I was talking about. I thought they were going to be 3-0, and and they lost. Can't believe it. They lost their two and one. The Philadelphia Eagles are three and zero. Philadelphia Eagles three and zero. That's surprising, but I don't think they're better than the Vikings. I think the Vikings are the cream of the crop in the NFC, and the Redskins getting their first win of the year. Good for them at MetLife Stadium against the Giants. So I mean, in the Giants' home field, there, home court, as some people like to say, Eli Manning was uh, well. This is kind of like the old Eli Manning. A lot of yards, and then in two interceptions. Kind of a dopey game for him. Kind of dopey, and that's what you hope uh, the Vikings can take advantage of once again. Um, the Vikings' history with the New York Giants is all over the place. Uh, the Vikings have played well against Eli Manning. That's good news. In the old days, back in 2000, we know what happened. The Vikings lost 41 nothing, but there ain't a soul left on that team. Thank God. And I remember back in the old days, it was like, wow, we beat the Giants. And then, man, we got manhandled by the Giants. It was always all over the place. Um, I think the Vikings can win the game. But we'll get back to that in a second. Shane Vereen is their running back at this stage. And Orleans Darkwa. It's like, wait, who? What? Um, but, boy, good yards per carry, though. About six yards per carry each. Uh, Shane Vereen lost a fumble in the game. But both of them, Darkwa and Vereen, getting in the end zone. They split the carries. 11 for Vereen, 10 for Orleans. And very strong performances for both of them. Very strong. You got Odell Beckham Jr., 
that's the biggest threat in the game right there for the Vikings. Um, <laughs> who who do you put on Odell Buckham Jr.? I mean, Rhodes better be healthy and ready to go because he was he was a step behind today and he he almost got fried. And uh, we're thanking God that that did not did not happen. That would be how the Vikings lose the football game, I think is if Odell Beckham and uh, Eli Manning are able to connect, which they did today quite a bit, 121 yards, but did not get in the end zone. Sterling Shepard, also a vet, uh, not a veteran, but a valuable player. Victor Cruz is good. You got multiple, um, you have multiple threats at, at the receiver position for the New York Giants. They have three good receivers, Victor Cruz, Sterling Shepard, and of course, Odell Beckham Jr., one of the top receivers in the game. And then Shane Vereen, also uh, a bit dangerous. Uh, receiving back out there with his speed. He's, he's got a little bit of ability to break loose. It's going to be interesting, extremely interesting, to see how these teams uh, match up against each other. New York Giants defense, not what it was. They did manage to get a couple sacks that I won from Oliver Veron and Jason Pierre-Paul. Still around, still being a, a stud he is. A lot of the names that you used to see in the past on the New York Giants just aren't there anymore. And of course, oh, what's his name? Tom Coughlin isn't there anymore, but Eli Manning, Mr. Clutch in the playoffs, is there. He's not the best in the regular season. I wouldn't want to play the Giants in the playoffs, like i got to tell you. But in the regular season, I, 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 I like our chances. Um, Monday Night Football, uh, the Vikings seem to have beaten that whole uh, negative history in the, night, in the night. They've beaten the Packers back-to-back weeks. This one is at home in U.S. Bank Stadium. I think that's a huge positive. Another national TV game in U.S. Bank Stadium. I I, I don't know. I mean, am, am, am I going to bet against the Vikings right now? No. Why would I bet against them right now with the way they are taking people down? You take down the best quarterback in football. You make him not look so good, right? And, and the Packers, who are kind of like the bullies in the NFC North all this time. And then you bring in... And then you go to... North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, to play a team that went 15-1 and last year, the guy who won the MVP of the league last season, and has been very good for a long time. And to be fair, the Vikings have always played well against the Carolina Panthers. i got to say that. They have always played well against them. But still, the, they didn't play against them when, when they were like, you know, the, Cam Newton was the most valuable player in football, at, at, you know, just, just a year ago. And I know a year is different, but still... Still, you took him out. You made him look pretty damn bad today. And you frustrated him. And you made him kind of depressed looking. You took, uh, it looked like uh, Marcus Mariota was, was going was gonna to go out there with that swagger and beat the hell out of us. You made him look depressed. You made Aaron Rodgers do that old shrug shoulders glass eye look. Why would I think the Vikings would lose to the New York Giants in U.S. Bank Stadium when Eli Manning, you know, he's kind of the dopey regular season guy, and then he turns into just Captain Clutch in the postseason. I don't want to play the Giants in the playoffs because that's not good news. <laughs> the New York Giants make the playoffs. They win the Super Bowl, just like the San Francisco Giants make uh, win the World Series if they make the playoffs. So let's do our part and beat the New York Giants on Monday night, right? Let's let's prevent that from happening. Maybe the Redskins tonight. Uh, helped uh, are going to help the Philadelphia Eagles make the playoffs this year with uh, Carson Wentz, no, NDSU's finest right there. Carson Wentz, I, I can't believe how much the Philadelphia Eagles have really turned things around. Whew. I like the Giants in terms of they are. I mean, they are admirable, and to see them knock the Packers out twice, <laughs> knock the Packers out in the NFC Championship game, thirteen and three Packer team, and then years later they beat a fifteen and one Packers team. 
in Lambeau Field in the second round. So, of course, I like the Giants a little bit for that, but not when they play us. And I don't want to be the team that loses to them in the playoffs because we lost to them in 93 and we lost to them in 2000. With that said, I think the Vikings are going to beat the Giants in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. Why would I pick the Giants over the Vikings in U.S. Bank Stadium? That's not a homer pick. I could be from Green Bay right now and pick the Vikings. I could be from Wisconsin and pick the Vikings. I'm, I'm telling you, man. I could be from Chicago, Detroit, Dallas, Seattle. You get the idea. You get the idea. I'm picking the Vikings to beat the New York Giants because they frustrate every quarterback they go against. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, Eli Manning right now is a bit uh, Eli Manning was exposed pretty badly against the the Washington Redskins today two interceptions and it wasn't the worst game ever but it certainly wasn't the best and if he plays like that against the Vikings there's no way in hell that the New York Giants are going to win the game again the biggest fear is the receivers because the Vikings secondary is certainly as, as good as they are they're not, they're not as good as the defensive line. I mean, that's the best defensive line on the planet right now, the, New, the Minnesota Vikings. Is there a better defensive line in the whole planet right now? I don't think so. Uh, the Vikings secondary, they give up plays at times. And the biggest key, I think, in this game is Xavier Rose's health. He's got to be... You pray to God he's healthy. Otherwise, Trey Waynes, man. Trey Waynes and hope for the best with Odell Beckham Jr., Oh, and I mean, if, if Rhodes is out there, yeah, you have Trey Waynes. Hope the best with uh, with Newman as well, Terrence Newman, uh, against whoever it is. I mean, it might be Beckham, it might be Sterling Shepard, whatever it is. But um, Victor Cruz is more of the slot receiver type. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be very interesting to see how things turn out with these guys. Uh, lots of receivers. Yep, Victor Cruz is definitely the shorter of those guys. Um but that's the key. I mean, the, the pass, the, the pass defense against these good receivers, they, the, the the secondary, that's the Achilles' heel right now coming in. But even though the Vikings gave up yards to Cam Newton today, they still just shut the hell down of that team. And I think the Vikings will do the same to the New York Giants. I mean, low scoring, man. I got to go low scoring with the Giants, despite the fact they do they're capable of scoring. I'm going to go lower scoring anyway than 27. Vikings will win the football game. 25-17. 25-17 Minnesota will beat the New York Giants and will go 4-0 and in 2016 at this stage. Vikings will win on Monday Night Football. And then the question does become, when the hell am I able to record Purple Mafia? Well, I'm going to do the best I can to get it out Tuesday night, if I can, and at worst case scenario, Wednesday night, if I have to do partially type of stuff, just that type of thing. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, Sam Bradford... Obviously, always a key. I, you know, as as worried as people are of the running game, I'm not worried. I'm very, very pleased with Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata with a short yardage power game. Jarek McKinnon with the potential home run game. I like both of them. And then, of course, you brought in Hillman. I'll talk about him some more in the fan interaction segment. So with that, I better stop here. This fan interaction segment might be a bit, might have a little bit going on. Vikings will get the job done, though. The Vikings defense will make the difference against. Uh, Eli Manning, and I think Sam Bradford will be good enough. It's all about keep the guy healthy. That's all. Keep Sam Bradford healthy. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the offensive line can, can hang in there today, uh, hang in there on Monday night. That's what it's all about, regardless of it's next man up, all that stuff. Got to hope for the best with that. So we will uh, step away for now and come back for segment number three, fan interaction. You will hear Brent Jacobson's voice to lead things off.
Hey, Joey Legend. Friend Jason Call here for Purple Mafia. Okay, I sure didn't see this one coming today, but hell yeah, I'll take it. Three and old baby. Yep, three and old baby. I sure didn't see that win coming, but um, keep being impressed by the defense and the offense. Maybe this is our year. We shall see. I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch, though. Kisola or Joey keeps the book the show. Bye. And I thank you always for that call, Brent Jacobson. Very cool. Segment number three, fan interaction segment. I always like to lead off with the phone calls. And Brent Jacobson, a Hall of Famer, man. I'm telling you, he's a Hall of Famer to this show. And the call-ins, thank you. Never never stop calling in, Brent. Really appreciate it. Um, yes, I share, your, uh, I share your feelings there. I mean, I kind of saw it coming in terms of the... See, the trends here, when you talk about the trends with the sloppiness of the Carolina Panthers. Were they sloppy today at the end of the day? Yes. Um, was the Vikings defense extremely aggressive and they, did they take advantage of it a bit? Yes. Um, there wasn't a pick six or anything, but there were mistakes. There was a sloppiness to the Carolina Panthers as soon as that Vikings defense started to get super aggressive on Cam Newton. So I, I'm not going to say I superly saw it coming, but... <sighs> Yes, um, I figured if the Vikings were going to beat the Panthers, that's how it was going to happen, kind of Denver Broncos-ish. And that's what did happen. That's how I'm approaching things with Eli Manning coming in. And I do hope the Vikings are 4-0. I think the chances are very, very possible. Um, Yes, quietly optimistic on the whole. Is this our year? Yes, my buddy Kurt back if he's listening at work. He's a great guy. Uh, He'd be a nice left tackle right now, but TJ Clemming's doing a great job. And uh, Jeremiah Cyrils, I almost had it. Cyrils did a great job today. Those guys, TJ Clemming's obviously a very valuable, uh, well, he he, he was a draft pick, fourth draft pick like last year. And then Styles, Cyrils, Cyrils, Jeremiah Cyrils, if I ever get it right, undrafted uh, from Colorado. Uh, Hopefully that continues to, hopefully he continues to do a good job out there if if need be. but yes, quietly optimistic when it comes to, oh, is this the Vikings' year to win the Super Bowl? That's, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope so, but I'm going to leave that alone. I really am going to leave that alone. I mean, the 15-1 and season, was that our year? You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, you can, you, you know, I, I you can't be satisfied until they're holding that damn trophy. You just, and that moment is going to be the sweetest moment of the rest of our lives. Tanae Brown, well, one of the sweetest moments. i got to hope that there's something in your regular life that's sweet also. Tanae Brown and Vince Germano, along with two others. Wow, uh, retweeting episode 221. Mad Martin, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And I, for some reason, they're counting me as one of them. What the hell? The Purple Mafia Show. See, this is at Purple Mafia Show on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for that. It, it only helps. It really does. Um, last week's show didn't do as well as I thought because you, you think of the momentum. We just beat the Packers. Oh my God. But people I think were very worried because you lose Matt Khalil for the year with the hip surgery, Adrian Peterson out for the year, most likely with the meniscus, uh, surgery rather than just playing on. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't blame a guy again, like I said earlier for not wanting to be Brandon Roy, you know, you take out that meniscus and you're Brandon Roy. I mean, you might last a little while and then, and then the rest of your life, it's <laughs> Do you really want that going on in your knee for the rest of your life? Adrian, get the surgery and feel better. I, I hope for the best there. And hopefully, you know, sometimes even the surgery doesn't work out, but it sounds like it did. Also, one other note that I did not mention, that I did not mention, 
there's an LCL tear along with that. That's the, that's the injury he had in uh, way back in 2007 against the San Francisco 49ers, uh, way back in the day. Way back in the day. It might have been against Detroit. And then Chester Taylor got to be the starter again, and he did a very good job. I can't remember if it was... Yeah, he got hurt against Green Bay. Yep, and then he did, and then Chester Taylor did very well against the 49ers the following week. That's what it was. Um, so way back in the day, torn LCL, the one on the outside. See, the MCL is the inside. You know those two giant stems in your knee that you feel when you put, you know, I'm touching it right now? Kind of the upper part, you know, into your hamstring. These two giant stems. MCL is the inner one. LCL is the outer one. And ACL, you don't really feel, is way in the center there. Big giant stem. Yeah, you don't want to even imagine any of those getting hurt, but ACL especially. Meniscus is this stuff in the front here that I'm rubbing. Yeah, that cartilage there. Yeah, you get the idea. So, yep, that's a little bit of a news. I'm not a doctor, but I understand this stuff because it's it's right there. You can touch it. Just why not? You know. <laughs> so if one of them ever hurts, you know which one. You know you have a good idea which one it is. The PCL, I have no idea, and I know that one's extremely important if you hurt it. Um, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand says, did you see this? And it was, doggone it, show the freaking conversation. There we go. It was Chris Thomason saying, coach, yep, coach Mike Zimmer on Sharif Floyd. He's played 25 plays this year. He hasn't played, he hasn't played. He's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Pretty, pretty, pretty strong words there from Mr. Mike Zimmer to Sharif Floyd. He's not real happy with the guy. He's, he's kind of ticked off. Um... And I was uh, Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland with three quotes here, three uh, tweets, I should say. He says, just add another one to the injured list. Just unbelievable. So far this season, let's hope they can protect Sam today. And uh, they did for the most part. I'm flying today, so I cannot watch this live. Let's hope Zimmer has the D primed and they play the, and they play lights out today. And Mad Martin says, as to Zimmer being frustrated with uh, with uh, frustrated about Floyd, I would think it's the ever increasing number of injuries. Yes, and it seems like he doesn't play, he he's not really a tough guy, and the effort isn't isn't all there. And that was kind of a question coming in from the draft. We're very fortunate we have the depth we do on that defensive line with the Tom Johnsons and then Daniel Hunter for defensive end, which who will be a starting defensive end when the time comes if the Vikings move uh, in another direction with uh, Brian Robinson at some point. Yeah, Daniel Hunter and Everson Gritton. Oh, my God. But I, I'm not in a hurry to get rid of Brian Robinson either. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having all of them. The Zimmer rotation situation. Because once Brian Robinson's gone, that's one of the major members of that rotation not being there anymore. So I'm not in a huge rush to get rid of Brian Robinson. Um, let's see. Okay, I read all of those already with a different, doing it in a different order there. And from the cheap seats, that's Kevin McMahon out of Wisconsin. I remember him very well. I was saying worst O-line ever because Sam Bradford was getting his ass kicked in that first half. Um, and Kevin from Wisconsin says, um, not good. Yep. He was frustrated indeed. That's a, that's a podcast, isn't it? View from the street. Yep. Man, everybody's got a Vikings podcast now. Oh, Kevin, hopefully you're still a listener to this show, and I should check out yours as well. Maybe tweet me if you hear hear me right now. Maybe he just kind of walked out. And I like that he says no Kool-Aid from this account. Yep, none here either. I hope you don't think I'm a Kool-Aid drinker. No, I know, he's not calling me that. That's just from his page. 
from his uh, Twitter account. So let's get to the Vikings page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Also, to get a, to call in, I'll say this real quick. 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into Purple Mafia or call, say, hey, Joey, whatever it is, and talk Vikings for about a minute or so. Brent Jacobson did a perfect job on that call. That's a perfect example right there. All, uh, all the information will be in the show description on iTunes and the sportstuff.com and on Stitcher and Double Twist. You'll see it on all of those, actually. It'll be in the show description, the information, the phone number, and the email address, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com if you want to send a complaint or whatever. No, hopefully not a complaint. Maybe an email. Or, of course, you can email to me a uh, uh, audio submission, which is what we call it, that the Tanae Brown, uh, Brown has done it before, where you use the voice recorder on your cell phone or smart device, whatever it is. Heck, you could probably even do it on an Xbox, for all I know. <laughs> but uh, you get the idea. If you're unable to call because of long distance, otherwise, I do think the call now button works for international or anybody on the Facebook page, the Purple Mafia uh, page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Also, very quick, before I finally wrap this up and get to the Purple Mafia page, is that uh, MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven is owned and run by Trevor Wickerin from from northern Minnesota. He was from the cities at some point, and I believe he moved north. One of the nicest guys you'll meet. There's a really nice Viking page. Do go there. Do give that a like as well. He is kind enough to let me post the uh, link to Purple Mafia show on there. So the least I can do is mention his uh, page on there. So there you go. And I've noticed a good number of you have joined that page as well. So let's get to the Purple Mafia page right now, if humanly possible. Well, while this is attempting to... I don't know what it's doing. Attempting to load. Uh, Not doing a very good job of it. I will name an urban legend... At this point, it's, and of course, you can probably guess who it is. It's Laquan Treadwell. Where are you? Laquan Treadwell. And me and Sebastian got in a minor little back and forth on his page. The Purple Press Box. I better give him a shout out. The Purple Press Box as well. Another podcast there. Kind of like a sister show to this one because Sebastian came from Purple Mafia show. Um, And yeah, just, just got to give him a shout out. Check it out. Very worth it. So where was I? There you go. Everything did load. And let's leave off from episode 221, like I always do. Gerald String saying, thanks for the star, Joey. Always an honor. What a downer year for the entries. But Vikings keep rolling anyhow. Can't wait for the big test on Sunday. And they passed the test, my friend, which is amazing. Gerald String is from Nebraska. I was saying, apparently, Adrian Peterson is what they call a pocket handle tear in the meniscus and is out three to four months. Get your Jerick McKinnon jerseys ready. Justin Mayer Henry out of Colorado says, this doesn't hurt us. Many have already said with Peterson out, we're done. I strongly disagree. I, I agree with you, Justin. I says, I love the guy, but with him being out, it makes us more, <laughs> makes our offense more dynamic. When Peterson is in the backfield, the defense clogs the line and the opposing team knows our plan. When Peterson is out, it keeps the defense guessing. We don't need Peterson to carry the team like we did in the past. The Ponder Jackson web era is no longer a factor. McKinnon and Asiata will pick up the slack in his place, and we will be just fine. That's my take on it. And you know what? For <laughs> that, that is a star candidate right there. Um, big take, big big take. Because a lot of people think Adrian's out, and and you think it's a good thing. Are you crazy? No, no, he's not crazy. Because what? For one, what does Adrian do in playoff games? He fumbles, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, no matter how times he didn't fumble in the regular season, he'll screw you in the regular in the playoffs, and he's done it many times. Jarek McKinnon is a starting running back in this league, in my opinion. And Matt Asiata has uh, always been a power, uh, good power, short yardage back. I, I, Adrian Peterson has the home run threat like nobody in the league, but he wasn't showing it this year for one. And um, well, we just kind of been there and done that when it comes to Adrian being out. We kind of know what it's like. And Jarek McKinnon's got a positive future in this league. And I like the whole defense, honest thing. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota says, Ronnie Hillman just signed him. That's from Denver. And Gerald String would know a bit about the Denver Broncos because that's his second favorite team. Like the Patriots are my second favorite team. Gerald String saying, let, let like the Hillman pickup, pretty steady player. Yeah, agreed on AP. Because I was mentioning that, uh, did I mention... No, I didn't mention it there. It's in another one. But yeah, Hillman pickup. Yeah, agreed on the AP take. Love the guy too and stud player and all that. But my opinion is this is just a different, this is just a way different team than we have had here in the past and not sure will be a huge impact. I'm pretty comfortable with the Asiata McKinnon duo and guessing Hillman will work his way into a few snaps down the road here a little ways. Honestly, I'm still way more worried about the whole line. This is a championship caliber team if we can get that fixed. Yes. Yes. And who knows? Maybe TJ Clemmings and uh, that uh, Jeremiah Cyril's are the answer. You never know. Sometimes some of the best linemen ever are the most unexpected ones. Matt Burke was taken in the sixth round. I don't think anybody thought he was going to be anything. They put him, I mean, he was a tackle. He was taken as a tackle. And then it's like, huh, it seems like nobody gets around this guy. And then, like, oh, my God, Jeff Christie's gone. He went to Tampa, that trading bastard. Now, Matt Burke is going to be the center. Hmm, that's a question mark, but we'll see. And then it was just Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl until he started getting hurt every freaking year. But, again, we'll leave that as is. I was saying Matt Kaya, Matt Khalil added to the IR. The plot thickens out for the season because we all know what IR means. Robin Sullivan, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And she says, oh, well, LOL. He doesn't contribute much for the team anyway. Hillman may be a blessing. Yep, for real. Hillman might be a blessing. And I posted the uh, article on there about Mr. Khalil being out. Justin Mayor Henry saying offensive holding and false start just put on IR also. Yep, he was kind of laughing at that. Justin Shatava says F blankety blank. He was very upset. Jeff Wells saying he sucks anyway. And Brett McCarthy saying he can stay there. And Jeremiah Dockstader saying agreed. Yep. <laughs> Not many people are a fan of Matt Khalil. And you know what? Can I disagree with you? No. TJ Clemmings, who was pretty awful last year, Stronger today, that's a huge, huge, huge positive against a very good Carolina defense. So, good. Encouraging. Is it going to stay that way? We don't know, but I hope so. <laughs> now we continue with my post here, uh, new post, Mike Zimmer naming there, Jack McKinnon, the starting running back, Maya Asayana, number two, and Ronnie Hillman out of the Denver Broncos has been signed to be the number three back. Hillman had 863 yards, seven touchdowns last year, and averaged 4.1 yards per carry. In his career, where last year was 4.3. Felix Dippel out of Germany says, I like the addition a lot. It gives us three useful running backs to tr- to roll through the season. I think we will need all of them to help Bradford in the passing game. Let's see what will happen this weekend. Mm-hmm. Brett McCarthy says, what happened to CJ Ham? And apparently he's on the practice squad. He's out of Duluth. Tony Coleman says, I would like to see Ham get another chance. He looked good in the preseason. My, uh, Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, I like it. Tanae saying, 
do you think you could run uh, CB84 at running back? Seems like the only time he gets the ball is those gimmick reverse play things where he gets the handoff from the quarterback. I know ball security might be an issue, but in the open field, he has some serious space and athleticism. I doubt they do it, but I thought it might be worth throwing out there. Yeah, I mean, he's done some stuff at running back uh, here and there. It's mostly going to be gimmick plays, though. Um, I doubt they'll put him at running back. I mean, I, shucks, they did do it with Darius Raynaud, though. He was a he was a wide receiver and then eventually became a running back. Probably not going to happen with uh, Mr. Patterson, but you never do know in this day and age, I suppose. Tony Coleman saying, curious that Jarek is number one. I like him, don't get me wrong, but I would have thought it would be Asiata. I see McKinnon as more of a number one guy, uh, more of a more of a future, more of more dynamic that type of thing. Tony's wrapping this section up, saying I like him too for sure, no doubt. But I feel if Asiata wasn't in Adrian's shadow, he'd be a star, huh? I actually didn't see this post. Hmm, a star? Maybe. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't seem to have that breakaway ability. Like on occasion, I think he's a little bit too plotting for me, like a sled dog in that sense. A little bit too plotting for me that he would be a star, but I don't know. I mean, I suppose big like 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 a Lacey, I suppose. Eddie Lacey's making it in the league, being kind of a plotting guy. And they still have James Starks there in Green Bay as well, so they have multiple power backs in Green Bay. Uh, the in-game thread, I might screw around near the end here. Very, very good job, guys. You get a long hand from me. Um, uh, Brett McCarthy, see, I'll read the last couple here. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll get in Dave Hickey too. What an incredible Dave Hickey's your my well, what an incredible defensive effort the Vikings have. Much better defense today. I hate how many players we're losing. We are we are losing though. Justin Mayer says, "Oh my God, beautiful, ha ha ha!" And Tony Coleman, three and zero. That's my team. Purple Pride Skull. And Brett McCarthy says, "Life without AP is going to be okay." Yep, I I think so. I I think so. So now the post-game thread. These are some big-time stuff here. Patrick Grant. Patrick Grant Singh. Where the heck is he from? Woodbury. Yep, yep. I always get everybody mixed up. Patrick Grant's from Woodbury. He says, defense. And Justin Mayer Henry says, the Purple People Eaters had Newman's had Newton's O for lunch today. We made Cam look like a rookie. Beautiful second half. 3-0, and baby. And yeah, we looked like the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl, didn't we? We, we, we really did. We did a hell of a job today. And uh, this afternoon, I should say. And, uh, how can you not be happy about it? Brett McCarthy saying they came together in the second half. I love this team's goal to all. Leland out of Iowa says total D. Offense was great in the second half. Yankee says called it. And he's from St. Paul. Car, uh, Brooklyn Center called it. Said defense is going to pull us through. Feels good to beat the odds. Two weeks in a row that we won when we were predicted to lose. Yep, we were predicted to lose. Yep, and uh, Jeff Froyland out of Iowa says, Woohoo, Malcolm McSween out of Northern California there. Oakview, California says, Amazing. I thought we would be 1-2 and two after this week. Yeah, I mean, the odds of that were very high. Like I was saying on the last show, you would have thought we might. there's a good chance we were going to be 1-2. and two. Instead, 3-0, and oh, and I'm going to 4-0, oh, if you can believe that. I, I, I think the Vikings beat the Giants, uh, a much better Giants team, by the way. Um they're going to go 1-2. and two. I mean, just think about the turn of events for the Giants, though. They're on their way being 3-0. and oh. There's a very good chance they're going to be 2-2 two and two after next week. He says Zimmer is looking like a top-three head coach, and I can't 
agree more? I mean, I, I think he's right up there with Bill Belichick. Uh, I mean, well, no, uh, established, no. But, I mean, I think he's second right now behind Belichick. Um, that might be overselling a little bit. But he's way up there. He is way up in that top three, yes. Mark uh, Mark from Iowa, Mark Carlson says, I couldn't see the game today. Dang it, I was at baptism for two grandsons, but I recall the last Pro Mafia show where Pellino Joey said the Vikings could beat the Panthers, and they did. I would like to see the friend talking award go to whoever got the safety. Yep, that was uh, that was Daniel Hunter. You know, game-changing son of a biscuit. I love Daniel Hunter. Oh my God, do I love that guy. That guy draws blood, you know. I mean, it's like the longest battle between two gladiators, just clang, 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 hitting the shields, hitting the swords, shield, swords, shield, swords, and then clanging the armor a little bit. But Daniel Hunter, he draws blood. I mean, he draws blood. He wounds the other team. And it always, always, always seems to change the game. And I love that guy, a difference maker. That's it. You look up Difference Maker in the dictionary, you will see Daniil Hunter's photo next to it, along with a few others. That, that guy is a Difference Maker, man. And he's just in his second year in the NFL. <sighs> yeah. Um, see, where was I left off? They did. I would like to see the friend target. Yep, go to the safety. This is a team, boys. And yes, the defense was a whole team effort. One last mention, Marcus Sherrills has been my favorite player for some time. Years ago, I criticized him for too many fair catches. Yep, you know, we were behind late in the game. It was always a fair catch, but I realized how now it's not Marcus. It was the coaches, Childress or Fraser, Skolmark from Iowa. Yep, trying to be conservative. And, you know, it just depends, Dave Hickey. It depends on the situation. Um, he says, what an awesome win that was. Just one more impressive win after another. I will, man, trying to hit the... There we go. I love my Vikings, but I didn't see this one coming. Usually, they had trouble with modal quarterbacks in the past, but that's three in a row now for three and O record. Awesome. Jimmer is truly a mastermind of the defense. The purple people, purple people eaters are back. Yes, um, and yeah, the oh, the mobile quarterbacks used to eat us alive, and it looked like they were going to. It looked like Mariota was going to eat us alive. It looked like Aaron Rodgers was going to eat us alive, and it looked like. Uh, it looked like uh, Cam Newton was going to eat us alive. You got Rodgers, top quarterback in football, pretty much, other than Brady. Uh, and he's uh, much more mobile than Brady. You have Cam Newton, MVP of football last year, always been a mobile, tough to beat, SOB. And then Marcus Mariota is, is the number two pick in the draft and a very good one just a year ago. So, I mean, and you beat them all. You beat them all, and two of those games were on the road, folks. Yeah, two of them were on the road. Insane. Let's check the visitor's post and wrap this show up. This is get a little bit long, but that's okay. No surprise. Where, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Said Derek Paulding was asking about the knee. So that's where we left off from last week. Yep. Um, and Cedric knows about the knee by now, obviously, from what I said, and obviously the oncoming news there. Tony Coleman says, I know we've just finished week two, but I never got get tired of seeing the Vikings top of the list. Yeah, because we're sole possession in first place, so the Packers already lost in that case because of us. It's just awesome. Um, a couple comments here. Trey Buckles, who I better mention here, too. I'm glad he's there. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of... I, I mean, I'm sorry I jumped at you the other day when I was like, do you think all I say is BS on here? Cause I, I forget what it was. Oh, yeah, I was complaining about Walsh, and he said, you were aware it was windy, right? So, no, I mean, Trey, uh, I really appreciate your loyal listenership to this show. I really do. Because he was saying, I'm, I, I'm a loyal listener. No, no, it has nothing to do with that. 
So God bless you, Trey. I, I really appreciate you. If you're still listening, I hope I didn't scare him away, but it, it, it didn't seem like I did, though. Seemed like a pretty, pretty nice guy there as well. And he's been a fan of the page for three years. Wow. Thank you, Trey. I just noticed how it, sh- it actually shows that now, like since 2013. Thank you, Trey. Thank you very much. Really appreciate you. He says, I'm predicting we stay there all year and we slowly pull away starting next week. And good prediction. Um, unfortunately, Green Bay won, but if you win a game on the road against Carolina, I mean, that's one that Green Bay was probably hoping would uh, they would they would they, we would lose and they could kind of tie things up. Eric Mostard saying, if we can get past Carolina this week, I, I'd say we stand a chance. Not too concerned about playing the Bears on the road as they are 1-11 and 11 at home. Wow. And the Lions are inconsistent, that's for sure. But I fully expect the Packers to get back on track after a few games, unfortunately. And they did a good job today against Detroit. So there you go. Tony Coleman posting the article of Stefan Diggs, just named the Offensive Player of the Week for the NFC and couldn't love it more. Uh, I, I mean, perfect. I mean, nobody deserved it more than him. He was absolutely amazing against Green Bay. Flashback Friday, the Vikings beat the Panthers 30-14 to 14 in 2014, and that was the frozen game in Carolina. That was Captain Munderland's first matchup against Carolina at the time. The Vikings played a very good game that day. Carolina was struggling at that point. They were like three, we, we dropped them to three and seven. Vikings history against Carolina is very, very positive. It, it really is, and that Panthers team was kind of decent that year. They made a nice comeback in the year before. They were 12-4, and four, remember. Yeah, um, the Vikings' history against Carolina is very, very decent. And um, thank you, Ali, for posting this from ProFootballSpot.com. Do check that out. He writes about the Vikings in the NFL on there. And here we go. I'm glad Brent posted this on the Vikings page. He says, not Vikings or NFL-related, but still sad. Marlins ace Fernandez, Jose Fernandez, died in a boating accident. Um, there were rumors, well, not rumors, but like if you trade... Uh, Brian Dozier away, you know, the guy with 42 home runs. What an amazing season. But if we were to trade him away because you just figured you need to get pitching, that maybe you trade Brian Dozier to Florida for Jose Hernandez. I mean, yeah, I mean, mm, maybe if we traded for him, he wouldn't have been down there in Florida. You know, think about that. But I, I'm, I'm just thinking, though, that's not important right now. Uh, what a great pitcher. And, I mean, he's only 24 years old. For some, just, just I, for some reason... Some reason, whatever it is, there were you know three people on board the boat, and they just went right into the rocks. This big ridge of rocks down there in by Miami Beach, a bit, a little bit out of Miami Beach. They, uh, they said early in the morning, so that must have been at dark. I don't know if they didn't see it or they were drinking or all the above, or they just went kablooey right into the rocks. Oh, oh, what a way to go! And such a shame. So, I will give Jose Fernandez of the Miami Marlins a moment of silence. God bless Jose Fernandez and uh, believing you are in a better place today. And uh, I'm so sorry for, I'm just, yeah, just very sad. 24 years old, whole career ahead of him. The guy's ERA was under three, folks. Three, under three. Just remarkable player for a a bad baseball team. 16 and eight, well, not bad, but not that good yet. 16 and eight on the season, too. Just a winning record throughout his career. Was he 38 and 16? Just an ERA of like 2.85 for his career. Just a stud, and uh, yeah, e- even if he was a bad pitcher, like a <laughs> even if his ERA was like seven, still, you don't want this to happen to anybody. That's that's sad. 
it's just sad to see such a promising career get cut short like that. You know, with Diner, you know, it, it sucks. Um, Ali posting another one, the predictions between the Vikings and Panthers. Yep, um, always cool to have that on there. Keep the keep keep posting those, Ali, and those of you out there, keep checking out profootballspot.com where Ali does write articles about the Vikings. Hopefully he can write an article about Purple Mafia sometime. Maybe that would be a nice little deal. Yep, maybe not even a long one, just mention it. Just like on the Purple Mafia show, Joey said this, something like that. Maybe you could, Ali, maybe you could for predictions. Maybe for the predictions segment, hmm. If if you're even listening right now, but he usually listens. But sometimes he sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. That's radio for you. Not everybody listens all the time, and that's the name of the game. You know, as much as I say honesty is the name of the game and opinions are the name of the game, people come and go. That's the name of the game, and it's not because they don't like the show. Maybe they can't reach it today. They always they usually come back though. Like they're they they listen this week. They don't listen that next week for whatever reason. They're out of town. Maybe they don't want to play catch up that type of thing. So they just wait for the newest one, and that's fine. Um, I wish everybody listened to this show. I wish I got fifty thousand listeners every week. That would be unbelievable. But <laughs> or five hundred thousand or five million. But it just doesn't always work that way, does it? Once in a blue moon, you get a big giant show like that. But that doesn't mean they're all going to come back again. So that's reality for you. Just want to thank you guys for listening and enjoy this dry, cool week coming up. A little bit of October weather coming just in time for October. How about that? How about that? Just like in August, the dew came right in the nick of time, and it was humid the whole damn month. Oh, it was. Oh, it was. September was decent, but it was kind of wet. Hopefully October will be nice, dry, and you'll see that beautiful dark blue sky. October is so famous for that, and that's... I, I'm telling you, you know the Oktoberfest beer bottles where you see those checkers with that, that sky blue and the and the white? I have a feeling. With Do you notice cloud formations in October, how you usually get those patchy, checkered-looking clouds in the sky around this time of year? Uh, somehow I think that's related to why, why they put that there on, on the Oktoberfest bottles. Somehow I think it's related to that. It, it's just perfect, and it's a beautiful time of year. And do enjoy it. Uh, the leaves are pretty. The, the dew point's comfortable. All the above, good sleeping weather. Those of you that complain and say it's too cold, oh, come on, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. So with that, I'll shut up now, let you enjoy it. I better pass out some stars, though. I keep doing this. Oh, dang it. Gold star of the week is going to go to Justin Mayer Henry. Just outstanding. Uh, Very aggressive, very, yep, very good taste there. Silver star. Silver Star, it's so hard. Oh, I'm going to go to Mad Martin. Very good post there. Very good post on Twitter. Very strong indeed. And I'm going to have two Bronze Stars to... Where am I going now? I had somebody. Brett, Brett McCarthy and Tanae Brown. Brett McCarthy and Tanae Brown are going to get Bronze Stars today. Now, obviously, there's honorable mentions every week. Mark Carlson, uh, Dave Hickey, they could get them almost... They could get a star pretty much every week. Gerald String, too. Those guys are just so good. Um... I, I just appreciate all of you so much. want to thank you. And those of you out there that are maybe new to the show, tell a friend or two about the show. Those of you that have, thank you so much. And if you know anybody that would like the show, just let them know about it and hope for the best. Hopefully they check it out. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. That's the name of the game. So with that, take care and let's enjoy a 3-0 record on a route, en route to a 4-0 record. <laughs>